welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and for today's episode, let's drop anchor and talk to an incredible animator that if you have not heard about before now, well, you definitely should be. Today's guest is Julian Parrish, a animator, artist, writer, and aspiring villain creating an incredible pilot called Set Sail for Candy. Julian was someone that came under my radar, I can't exactly remember when, but it was a few months ago. And so the instant that I saw just how incredible Set Sail for Candy looked, I knew I had to have them on the podcast. And I was so glad that they were immediately down whenever I asked them. And the conversation we had was absolutely incredible and very insightful too. If you enjoyed the conversation with Julian, make sure you support him with the links down in the description below, especially his YouTube channel where Set Sail for Candy should be dropping soon. That's all I can say, soon. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that stuff and I absolutely love it. If you want to go a little further with that support, maybe you should consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash PMAP. There for as little as $1 a month, you can see incredible bonus content, little behind the scenes stuff, early access to episodes, and so much more. And hey, look, if all you're trying to do is find a calm, cool, casual place where you get to talk to other incredible artists and show off some of the incredible work that you guys are doing as well, maybe you should consider joining our Discord server, the Artist Sanctuary. We've already developed a nice, incredible, eclectic group of varying artists as well, showing off their incredible work, and I think you'd be a wonderful addition to that today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy... The Postmodern Art Podcast. Thank you so much for doing this, by the way. Just right off the bat, I really do appreciate it. Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, when you when you send me um, the DM on Twitter, I was like, because uh, okay, it was funny because I joined Twitter all of like three months ago. Okay, yeah, um, I saw that. I, yeah, I mean, like I've always been watching and waiting, but like I actually made like an account, um, and because I was ready to start. Uh, pumping out this little project of mine and getting people acc- acclimated to it. Um, and I made a Twitter for that purpose. And then, like, I think I put up my first trailer. And, like, in week one, like, I saw you pop in there, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's, like, a little... Like, I, I didn't think much of it, because I'm like, okay, well, like, he's just passing through. And then, <laughs> and then like, you came in, um, like, a couple of days ago. He's like, hey, you want to get on the podcast? And I was like, oh, wait, is that guy? Like, oh, that plot point actually resolved itself. <laughs> Look, I'm always lurking. I'm always trying to see what cool stuff is because as someone that interviews artists or whatnot, I gotta keep I gotta keep my thumb on the pulse or even before the pulse, you know. Get you. <laughs> as well as like I forget who initially shared your stuff, but I remember it was the it was the 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 magic candy clip that I saw someone had like shared or whatnot. That I, it must have been like a previous guest or whatnot, and I saw it. And I instantly like had to like follow you or whatnot, and then like I saw the only had like a couple hundred followers or whatnot. And I'm like, there is no way this person's doing stuff this fluid fluidly, and only has like this small of a following. <laughs> like yeah, um, I maybe okay. It's crazy. I, if it, if the person you're talking about who you shared it from, who was a previous guest, um. I, you're probably talking about uh, I don't want to I don't want to screw up his name because I we just became buddies I don't want to mess up his name. hold on let me 
<laughs> I gotta find them really quick. I, I can say, do is this. It, is it something like Star Tees or something like that, Evan? Uh, no, it... At, at least from my perspective, it is, um... Uh, was it... Maybe, 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 uh, was it Gabe Duvall? Was it Gadworks? Because he was a previous yes, guest. Yes, it may have been, it, it may have been, uh, Gabe. It may have been Gabe Duvalier. Yeah, uh, Duv oops, Duvalier. But, like, um, I recently met him. Okay. In California. Um, and then that's where, then we started following each other on Twitter. And maybe that connection helped you push this here. I don't know, maybe. I, I... <laughs> Considering the fact this is Twitter that we're talking about, and there's so many people that I know that would instantly see that stuff and instantly share it in a heartbeat or whatnot, it could be a good handful of guests for all I know. Either way, I am so glad I got introduced to yourself, sincerely. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, by the way, nice Flower Boy poster in the back. Like I, that, oh, that, oh, it's so sick. <laughs> Look, I... I am a, I am a true Tyler fan through and through and whatnot. Um, I, I this was the album that actually got me more or less on board because I have obviously heard of him like beforehand. I I was like watching yeah, yeah. MTV and stuff when he won the 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 award for uh, what was it the best new artist back in like 2011 or whatnot with Yonkers and stuff. And like I kept on it, but like I heard that album and I've just been hooked ever since. Yeah, like um. <laughs> It's it's crazy because that album is where I think um, Tyler really came into his own commercially and artistically. If I could quote American Psycho for a second, um, but uh, before that, you know, there was um, you know Cherry Bomb and yeah. and all all of where he was just literally some underground punk and he was just screaming into a mic all day. Like, sure, Cherry Bomb has his fans, but it wasn't for me. But I think. When he calmed down and made Flower Boy, I'm like, okay, this is this is here we go, yes. And then from there, I was like, okay, yes, Igor, give me that. And then like every every album after that, he was making, I was like, yes, yes, day one, day one, I'm I got it. That, that's that's basically what it was. It's one was like even even recently, um, I have a good friend that helps me out with the podcast here and there. Her name is Too Much Sasha. Uh, she's mm. also a huge Tyler fan. Recently, got me back into listening to Wolf, like the one before Cherry Bomb, and mm. oh my god, like it, it like. Yeah, it has this moments where it's obviously like underground, like grungy stuff or whatnot. But there are still some like beautiful moments that, that in my opinion, are some of the early hints of what was to come with like you know Flower Boy yeah. and stuff like that. Like it's it's incredible seeing more or less like just the evolution of Tyler just as a whole, like how he's been able to develop from the early odd future days with Bastard and stuff all the way to now with Call Me If You Get Lost, especially like the the fucking ah oh, the smooth ass tracks that came with like the estate sale, especially. Um, when I heard that, I was like, wait, is that Tyler, wait, 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 like, uh, there's, w what I consider Tyler's current style, mm -hmm. is that, like, he, he has this weird, like, nostalgic element to it, mm -hmm. to a time I wasn't born into, but I feel like I was there. Whenever I feel, whenever, like, I hear his current music, I think of, like, 70s aesthetic with, like, yeah. like, Jackson 5 looking font, and then, like, you know, just... Specifically, colors red, brown, yellow, and orange. Like it's always autumn when I'm listening to Tyler. <laughs> it's always autumn. <laughs> it just everything's so melodic. It just it's it feels so good. Well, like when, it, it, <laughs> when, when he has a song on Flower Boy called November, it's easy to get that fall vibe. <laughs> That's like my second favorite song on that album. It's so good. For for me, I like. I'd say the favorite for me has to be like nine one one slash Mister Lonely. That's that's the easy number one for me. Yeah, that's that's top five. <laughs> there, there's a, there isn't a song on that album that like you can really like hate. Like it's all just fucking good shit from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Like it, like yeah. 
it, I, it's 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 crazy because like uh, there's I, I have my favorites there there's maybe uh, maybe one or two like lows personally that I think are on not when I say low I'm not talking about trash just in comparison to the rest of the album right right which is like you know bangers like th- th- this one's like a like a like a a four and a half stars okay <laughs> that's that's what I feel about it but like like double platinum five stars you know there's yeah yeah <laughs> there's uh boredom uh see you again where this flower blooms and november i did those songs make the album for me oh, absolutely and I, and i think yeah so lonely really brings it up too yeah exactly exactly i was gonna say like at the very least like with the way that he set up that album like even like the low point like even a song that isn't as good as the other ones or whatnot you still can't skip it because the way that the album just like flows and weaves within each other yeah. and like the the tracks like you know like one after another just like provide a good full experience just as a whole like you can't skip anything on that album like i totally get you on that um i i don't have a lot of albums um in in my library that do that little classic trope of just having one seamless experience like you can still listen to the songs isolated but they are definitely if you're like on a long road trip you just press play and you don't touch the button like that's that's to me and I'll, i'll i'll do that every time Oh man! Uh, so both both Flower Boy and Igor for me, like just both of them, just like I gotta go through it every single bit. Even even the fourteen second Drawed Carmichael talking bit, I cannot skip <laughs> past that. Like I I it, I let me word this carefully. Like I still love Igor, but like it it Flower Boy was like it was an easier sell to me, and yeah. then I heard Igor, and I'm like it's still within his like current aesthetic but i'm like oh he's he's getting i'm getting some like a little bit of like cherry bomb like you know like pre pre flower boy tyler stuff coming in here because like there's it's a bit more grungy and i think he wanted to you know get away from some some of the more melodic stuff that was in flower boy but then he goes back into like that stuff with with um call me if you get lost like that that is like this sort of climax or like a culmination of like what he wants to do exactly i really I, feel that i was gonna say like i saw a, a a youtube clip of all things the other day of tyler doing an interview talking about like the igor whatnot because you know uh flower boy came out and there were some people out there that are saying that like he played it safe with the album like he just went to his wheelhouse or whatnot which which i mean honestly if you listen to his previous stuff and then you hear that you're like that's a step up and nothing less but he was like i was too safe okay with this next one let me get a little bit more experimental with it and like he <laughs> truly did like making a pop album that's fucking is amazing at least from my opinion <laughs> oh man i could i could fucking talk about tyler all day oh, like it's it's my god like <laughs> if I, before i like started listening to his music i was watching fucking loiter squad on adult swim hey. and i'm like okay this, this show is silly and like low budget but like it has a, it has a lot of fun moments in that show mm. um but I knew it wasn't gonna last because I'm like, this is just like a little thing he's doing. Like, this is Tyler on summer break with a camera. Like, that's just what he's doing. Basically, <laughs> and basically, you 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 nailed it right on the head with that one. <laughs> Do you have any questions or concerns before we get the show on the road? Um, no, I'm no, actually, no. I'm cool. Okay, awesome. Uh, if nothing else, like, because correct me if I'm wrong, I imagine this is, is this your first like interview for a podcast or whatnot? Mm-hmm. How you feeling about it? Excited? Nervous? Anxious? 
Uh, excited. I mean, like, you're, you're a pretty casual guy, so there's no pressure. Like, it's all good. <laughs> that, that's, that's the vibe I try to go for. Just a nice, calm, cool, casual conversation to where you get to just absolutely gush about your passion when it comes to art and animation and such. Um, I appreciate and, it. And I, hopefully I got some good questions that will do it some justice because I, I think mm. – I, I, I tried to go off what you've presented online, which isn't much. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. Like, I, I have to – I have to – Mm, okay, so I I was being strategic about what I wanted to show, okay. um, but it's not that like a lot of it isn't done. Like right, I'm right. I, I'm ninety eight percent done. Oh wow! Like I I, I I could I could just put it out now, and you know people would be satisfied with what it is. But I'm not. Okay. You know we have to we have to get it done. <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, obviously, is it now the thing that like I'll go ahead and say this. The thing that like made me both like intrigued but also curious it's like you have this like amazing animation done but you have like no prior work like any like student films or anything like that, or anything <laughs> like that out there which is why like i see this stuff and i'm like it's absolutely gorgeous what did he do before this <laughs> <laughs> who is he where did he come from yeah. yeah like i i get that a lot okay it was it's crazy because when i was in the midst of you know making this thing okay. um and uh getting people on board and being like hi my name's so and so like i'm making this project uh here's what we got so far like would you like to you know uh a, a lot of time they would like respond um with this, like this mix of like excitement and curiosity like you did where they're like like this is great like who are you like i i can't like find you online like um i i don't know like your name doesn't like give me give me any hits and i'm just like yeah like i'm just a guy who kept his head down and just did okay. this thing <laughs> i didn't really care about having like some online footprint like before this point That's so funny. yeah I've, I've just been watching everything and observing I, and... <laughs> I, 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 I mean you got I, I imagine you probably understand what it comes to some of the arter, art artists artists perspectives or whatnot because we live in an age where someone could say that like they have this incredible thing but then like they're actually like scamming someone else you know like this is actually someone else's thing that they're like taking in or whatnot and they're you know they're claiming it as their own or whatnot whatnot and they're trying to scam people like you know not paying them or something like that which i hope you're not like that i hope i hope that is not the case that's not the case okay <laughs> i no, but like I, I i get that where it it maybe it maybe even more like when if i was approaching you to like work on this thing you would be a lot more on edge and on guard about like you know this looks a little bit too good to be true like it, it doesn't exactly. look like you know it doesn't look like a piece of shit like what is this thing um and but but like i always i was always sort of conscious about that and i was like wait wait i'm not a crook and i'm not some weird guy let me just show you what i'm doing like i i, let, I laid it all on the table and there you know it it really relaxes someone and like okay. oh he's actually just doing this and like he's just actually this like this this unknown guy like okay. that's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I at least, I, whenever I approached you for this interview or whatnot, like I at least felt like, well, if you're gonna be upfront and honest when it comes to showcasing this stuff or whatnot, that, that like, unless you were to just like release it silently and then like see, have like the flames like you know work on their own and whatnot, like the fact that you have been upfront for as little times you have been showcasing this stuff, I figured you weren't like scamming people because I figured your word, especially with how the internet is, the word would have gotten mm -hmm. out there super fucking quick about like, don't, yeah, yeah. don't do anything with this Julian guy. He, he, he took my social security account. Like I figured it was <laughs> like that. <laughs> All right. No, like I, again, like it's completely understandable. And 
maybe I sort of like dug myself in that hole because like my whole intention was to be like, I'm going to make this thing and no one's going to know about it. I'm just going to put it out. It's going to be completely ready. And there it is. Cause like, I didn't want to go like some sort of like crowdfunding route. Like if you give me like $80,000, you know, I'll, I'll give you 15% of this cartoon. Like I, no, I just, I wanted it to be done. This complete package. You can just click on and enjoy no strings attached. There it is. There you go. There you go. Well, let's talk. Let's, let's get to the actual conversation and talk about how you're getting this thing done. Shall we? Okay. All right, Julian, before I really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's uh-huh. say you get to go to a desert island on your own accords. It's just you, alone with your thoughts, get to take back, relax, breathe, get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit. With accommodations, you're not stranded on an island. It's, it's it's your own private little, like, sort of resort more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, you get, again, kick back, relax, get to vibe more than anything else. To help with whatever vibes you want on this island, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help with you with whatever headspace you want on this little vacation away from everything. Mm-hmm. If given the opportunity, what would that one piece be? Uh, it would be the English dub of Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay. And I would watch it endlessly front and back. Okay, okay. You know, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. As I was doing my research, I got that vibe that shows a lot like that was kind of more or less like inspiration for some of your stuff. But I have to know, what is it about like the English dub of Yu Yu, Yu, Yu Hakusho that like instantly gravitates you to pick that? Well... With, with the English, it's just easier to consume that product. And it's actually like a pretty good English dub, considering the time that it came out when a lot of times anime dubs were not the greatest, but like they, they were they, they were picking up steam. And that was one of the first ones to like really nail it and get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual story of Yu Yu Hakusho, it's, it's so like, it's so gripping to me because like I am, I'm a shonen fanboy. You can call me a meathead. Always want to see things get punched kind of guy. Whatever. Like, I grew up on Dragon Ball and that that was, like, my first sort of, like, love that, like, captivated me. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Yu Yu Hakusho, which was sort of designed to be another Dragon Ball, but it was a lot more sort of... It was it was a bit more intelligent with, with, with what it was doing. Um, like, uh, the creator of Yu Yu Hakusho is, you know, the artist's name is Togashi. Uh, he made Hunter Hunter, which is another sort of, like, Dragon Ball that is even smarter than Yu Yu Hakusho. Like, that's what he made after Yu Yu Hakusho was Hunter Hunter. Um, and this particular artist, he has, like, whereas Shonen is supposed to be very I- idealistic and, like, never give up and follow your dreams and all this type of stuff, um, that is the sort of DNA of things like Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're a lot more cynical. They're written by a man who is just, like, this is my job to write that shit. Fuck it. Like, I, but like, but, <laughs> and, and he, he sort of like instills like a lot of, a lot more realism and he, he grounds these concepts. Um, and with Yu Yu Hakusho, I found it was, it was a very grounded version of Dragon Ball that had like a lot of character, great humor. And like the main character is like a fucking punk. Like he, he, he has to begrudgingly become the hero. And I like that about Yu Yu Hakusho. It's it's a very self-aware type of shonen story. It's not just um, super adventure all the time, One Piece, Dragon Ball stuff. <laughs> yeah, understandable, understandable. I need to introduce you to some buddies of mine. Um, they they run a YouTube channel called The Anime Egotists. Um, mm. I highly recommend you check out their channel because they have some like cool discussions. I know they've brought up Yu Yu Hakusho at least more than once with some of the like countdowns, like you know, you know, topics that they have on there or whatnot. But um, Alex and Richard, like they're like, they would eat up this kind of stuff. I know, I figured this is gonna be the kind of stuff we're gonna be talking a good bit about when it comes to <laughs> your show and stuff today. But 
Nevertheless, the English dub of Yu Yu Hakusho. That is your answer. You're locking that in. Final answer. Let's go then. If that, sorry, with that, uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> with that, I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Uh, you can support the podcast on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Go to uh, patreon.com slash PMAP. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> he is an animator, artist, writer, and aspiring villain working on the incredible concept Set Sail for Candy. Welcome to the podcast, Julian Parrish. You said my name wrong. Did I say it wrong? No. <laughs> I was about to say, I asked you the answer, but I said it wrong. <laughs> How dare you! How dare you debate me? <laughs> How are you doing today, Julian? <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, thank you for taking the opportunity to be here. Like I said, whenever you just seemingly cropped up from out of nowhere with this incredible concept for set sale for candy, I had an instant eye on you because the stuff looked absolutely incredible, and I definitely like wanted to consume a lot more of this. Well sweet treat that you have planned for us uh but before really divulging to the stuff you are making nowadays i want to go back just a little bit and learn more or less the origin story of julian if i may what got you mm -hmm. interested in art and animation in the first place let's see it i think this i think this answer is kind of the same for a, a lot of a lot of us where when you're really young you just get exposed to like one or two things that like just really click in your brain like, like it just activates like neurons inside your brain like whoa that's really cool and for me um the the earliest examples i can find were calvin and Hobbes and peanuts okay. and then like and then like tiny tune adventures like those those three particular things like were like a gateway drug and then from there i was like oh here comes SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents, and <laughs> and then when when Powerpuff Girls hit, I was like, oh shit, there's the one, because like it, it combined a lot of what I like now, where these they're like these really simplistic, cartoony designs, but mixed with like Japanese timing and like anime tropes, and like it it, it coalesces into this into this really great thing. And from there, I was like, okay, I want to find more shit like this. And from there, I found Dragon Ball and more Dragon Ball and then Yu Yu Hakusho and then from there it was just I was just off to the races I didn't stop and I was just like I want to make things like this and whether or not that thought um was like conscious like there was something in me to like just wanting me to like produce this stuff and make art and learn how to draw and write and create and from there you just keep doing it for like 25 years and you end up on a podcast here you go <laughs> That's, that's a nice little origin story, because in fact, you just gave me everything. Uh, now, I, I just wanted to go back a little bit, just talk about, like, especially some of the first shows, because you listed a lot of just, like, fucking mint quality stuff, like, right off the bat with that stuff. Like, especially, like, you were talking about, like, uh, you know, the Calvin Hobbes, Peanuts, or whatnot, like, obviously, like, a good little, like, foundation for some of the, like, humor and stuff for these days. Tiny Two Adventures. I don't think enough love goes to that show, in my personal opinion. And especially now that it's getting like the the sequel series of the Luniversity, I am so excited for it. Mm. Um, and then of course, like I just want to talk for a second. Powerpuff Girls. How have we not on this podcast? How have I not talked about this show enough? Because it is like one. Of, it's legitimately, and you can agree with this. One of the most coolest and badass shows out there. Like no, it is. On. It to this day. 
Like, even, even like yeah, when it was on and like still like to, I can go back and watch those episodes and be like, yeah, it still holds up. Like it's yeah. still as good as I remember it to be. Like the timing, the comedy, mm-hmm. everything about it. It it's like it's it's a pinnacle show to me. If I had like top five cartoons, it would arguably be in that top five. I you know completely understandable. And I imagine obviously some of those cartoons will also be the animes that you sort of divulge into or whatnot. When did you like first really become aware of like anime as a whole? What made you like what truly drew you into that world? Let's see. Uh I don't think that answer is unique either. Where like I think I was just like hit by the massive wave that was Pokemon and I was like, Whoa, what is this thing? And then like but maybe like when you're that young, you don't kinda consider like Pokemon to be anime or like you're not conscious enough to be like oh this is like an anime like it wasn't it was def- it definitely was not marketed to be like this is an anime like no this was it was more like this is a worldwide phenomenon you yeah. should be in on it ooh oh, yeah. like but but after that um I that was at least a Pokemon was a gateway for America to experience that stuff um much more casually and then when when Dragon Ball Z hit like that was the one that I was like okay I'm locked in for life that's the one. There you go. Um, and uh, that was the first time I had like, experienced a story like that where half of the story is centered around like fighting and the plot develops through the act of fighting and all, all of that type of stuff. It was it was just the coolest thing to me. I've never seen a story written that way. And and, and since to this day, like there's nothing else <laughs> like Dragon Ball. Um, and then it's, it's strange because like a lot of the things that like influence me, they're not like unknown things. Like right. they're they're things like SpongeBob and and Jimmy Neutron and Fairly Odd Parents, things that were like very popular. And what fascinated me about that is like I started to think like why are they popular? And that's kind of like why my how my critical brain started to like develop like what makes SpongeBob popular or what makes you know X show, you know why do people like this thing? And then if you can like reverse engineer that, you can make your own things too. Like oh, you can take this thing from Powerpuff or this thing from Calvin and Hobbes or this thing from Dragon Ball and smash it together and make your own thing. And hopefully that becomes popular too. Um, That's actually really smart. I, I haven't really anyone like that like break it down like that because I mean obviously like you know anyone can look at something and see that it's gorgeous or they can see why it's hilarious or whatever. But I don't think too many people really take the time to sit down and be like. But why is it popular? Why is it hilarious? <laughs> why is it such and such? Like, we just kind of accept it because, again, beautiful visuals, amazing storytelling, that, that, that. Like, we know what's good. We know what's bad. But not many people ask the why. That's really smart, if I do say something. Yeah. Like Thanks. Okay. And I, I just want to clarify. This is not 12-year-old Julian watching right, Powerpuff right. and being, being like, why is Professor Utonium's head square? Hmm, interesting <laughs> choice. No, no. It's not like that. <laughs> You you figure that shit out like when you're 17, like yeah, why is his head square? And then yeah. you you work backward from there. <laughs> this is the stuff that you, they develop as you develop more of a love when it comes to to art and animation stuff. So I have to know when did it go from this like general love for art and animation, anime and such, to a passion that wanting to make it your career. Let's see. Well, for as far when I I remember when I was like a little kid, uh, the first sort of decision I made like I was like I want to make video games because I was really into video games and like this was maybe when I was like 12 or 13 and that was like the first idea that popped in my head um as I was playing like Super Mario like yeah I'm gonna make this like (laughs) there's no way (laughs) but but then like I kind of like realized that like I don't actually like making video games I like the art about video games and then from there I sort of like switched gears like well what is a what is a an accessible art form to like a 
a 13 year old and then you know i that's when i got like really into like peanuts and calvin and Hobbes and like newspaper comics i was like oh like this is simplistic simplistic enough that any kid or anybody can just like you know sit down draw four squares put funny words inside of it and bam you got a comic um but then you have to you know learn what comedy is and timing and all that stuff and you know just just through emulating uh you know what you're what you're um consuming I think in that process that that made me like understand oh this is like something that I can actually do because I didn't I couldn't be a doctor I couldn't be like a teacher or anything that would like you know required massive brain power because I just didn't want to do that that wasn't I had no interest in kind of doing that shit um so I was like oh but I can I can't sit down and commit myself to drawing all day so I can make you know a career out of that and then from that sort of mindset um I jumped into like well what if I what if I wanted to, like, you know, make a cartoon? And this this idea is um, coupled with the idea that, like, I knew that newspaper comics were, like, dying. I was like, this is a dying medium. I'm going to have to jump ship to something else. <laughs> so I couldn't be a newspaper comic. So I was like, okay, I'll just make a cartoon. And sounds simple enough, right? Um, <laughs> but from there, uh, I just got really into the production side of, like, animation this is like around like 15 16 17 where like i stopped just consuming media and i was like i'm interested in making it and like i I can have fun producing this stuff and make a career out of that as well so it was it came from like a mix of like passion and like practicality and you know wanting to like you know you know crack the puzzle on what animation is and how you can you know make a living from it Mm -hmm. i mean all of these things go to my head (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's that's interesting to at least learn how you're kind of like the how the gears in your head kind of moved when it comes to like wanting to tell this kind of stuff like because i can tell especially some of the stuff i have seen or whatnot like you got a lot of creativity in there that you really just want to like express out and like obviously like <laughs> like, like you said with your process there are many different mediums that you could have done with it so i'm intrigued i'm you know it's interesting to hear that you know cartoons is the one that you thought oh yeah that's simple enough we could easily do that <laughs> and, and then you look at the industry and the people involved in all different positions and stuff like that and you're like oh, oh yeah it is it is a spider web it is this it is this ever ever tangling like mess like but that's also like the interesting thing too learning how it all works and it's if if you like puzzles like I do, then like this is all just like a big puzzle. Like you, you have like this desire to like crack it and like, you know understand, like you know figure it out. That's what animation is to me a lot of the times. Yeah, that's that's understandable. And I also it also makes me more or less like curious. Obviously, like the creative process for you just as a whole or whatnot. Because I mean, obviously, you're going down the animation route when it comes to set sail for candy, and we will definitely discuss that in a little bit. But <laughs> I I'm genuinely curious, like because I can only imagine like. You know, you may have like set sail for candy like right around the corner or whatnot, but I'm also wondering like some of the other like ideas you have brewing in your head or whatnot. So I have to ask <laughs> <laughs> that laugh is very confirming more than anything. So I have to know, just out of curiosity, what is the creative process for you to go from idea to eventually finished product? All right. Um and this one might also need a little bit of a backstory as well. But so so I have to start off by saying that like um I've I've alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I'm fascinated with like commercial art, as in art that is really popular. And I'm I like understanding why something is popular, whether through like what does it say about society or what does society like about this thing? And then I try to like 
see if I can instill that into my own work. And like, uh, basically, I'm just only interested in art that like rises to the sort of like top and like the zeitgeist in popular culture. And from from that thinking, that's kind of how I like begin my own creative process as I'll have an idea and then I'll see if I can like extract as many different concepts out of that idea as possible. So it's almost like I, I was doing this back when I was like 16, 17, when I decided I wanted to make TV shows, mm -hmm. um, specifically like cartoons. And then I figured out, okay, well, a cartoon is like, like a like a cartoon is a TV series and a TV series is like, you know, comprised of seasons and then seasons are like 13 to 26 episodes. And then from the, you know, you keep working and digging into that sort of like idea headspace. And from there, you have to figure out, OK, well, how do you how do you make a concept and stretch it into like 13 or 26 episodes? That means you have to have a really strong core and a really strong core is comprised of like, you know, a really cool idea for a character, um, a really cool location supporting cast for that character all of these things that you can extract right story uh, stories and you know problems to throw at the character and then you know you have to make at least 13 to 26 of those stories and problems and then there you go you have a season and i was thinking that and that's 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 a that's me as a as a teenager doing that i wasn't interested in just like you know i'm just gonna draw this character la -di -da -di -da. like no i i sort of was tailoring my brain whether i knew it or not to like work in a sort of like TV medium headspace. And from there, to answer your actual question, what is my creative process? It is, if I can think of like a character that has like, you know, like a sort of unique edge or angle, mm -hmm. then from there I start to like, I, you know, I give them a world or like a house, I give them friends, that, that sort of thing. I start from like one specific small little thing and build up from there. And if you can keep going and going and going with it, that sort of confirms in your head, oh, this is a cool idea. You know, you can extract it and do whatever you want with it. And it, it's it's multifunctional, multipurpose, all that stuff. OK, so I guess I guess my creative process is how practical can I make this idea? Uh, sometimes I don't and maybe this is disheartening for some people, but sometimes I don't like draw or create for fun. Uh, I have the intent to like, you know, sell it or do something with it. Right, right. But I mean, I, I imagine at least at the end of the day, like the characters that you do create at the end of the day, they've got to be some like fun characters to like just even toy around with in the first place. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like uh, if you can. Uh, if It's let's let's OK, let's 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 uh, talk about a character like Inset Sail or something uh, j just so we have a frame of reference. OK, right. so there's like there's. There's one of the characters, his name's Captain. He's like the guy in purple, looks like Waluigi, whatever. Um, So like he's. He is, I designed this character to be like, he, on the surface, he looks really nice. He's always smiling. He's always jovial. He's never really frowning or like, you know, being negative. But like, if you pay attention to what he's doing and actually saying it's really like toxic and horrible. And I was like, how do I, how do I like, and I thought that was like an interesting concept for a character. And I'm like, I could do a lot with him. How, like, how would he interact with other people? And like, what would he, what would he want to do? And all of that stuff. Like once you have these ideas bubbling in your head, then, you know, you're just off to the races. You can just do whatever the sky's the limit. Yeah, that's, that's understandable. I, I have to like, just out of curiosity, I know we talked about like creative process, but how much research do you say you have to put into this kind of stuff? Cause obviously this is something you're passionate about. So I can only imagine like you must have done like, yeah, like ages of research just to kind of figure out a formula more or less at the end of the day. Yeah, this is, this is a process that, you know, started on, 
uh, subconsciously in my early teens, in my formative years. And it's it's just some like when you're young, it's just a matter of like understanding what you're consuming and just like not sitting there brain dead and, you know, laughing at everything like you can do that. Sure, you can enjoy that. Yeah. But um, it it is. If, if okay, look, there was a time when I was like watching like Family Guy as like as uh, as an early teenager, and I'd be like, whenever like a joke would happen, I'd be like, I first I'd laugh like, oh that's hilarious, and then I I would be like, hmm, why why was that so funny to me? And then you you break it you break it down right, like you just have to question what you're watching, um, and that that sort of like informs like at least the basis for your uh for your creative process and how you how you start formulating ideas and things like that i can only imagine i and i can imagine i know we i, I know you kind of laughed when i mentioned it in the first place but i can only imagine how many concepts you got cooking at the moment uh when not just with set sale but you know can you give me like a rough estimate how, how many how many ideas do you got like at least on the back burner at this point <laughs> let's see uh one two three or um at least five okay there's at least there's at least five that i'm that i'm doing and they're all at various stages as like oh this is early stage of this idea or this is late game for this idea or like the middle things like that um and okay set sail i've been working on that for like quite a while so like like when to me like that's not that's not really like um like the, like the writing that you would see in set sale it was is is not reflective of my current skill set. You'll hear that a lot about like writers in the industry or whatever. Right. Um, and but like it's true because like you 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 start making this thing like years ago and then and while you're making it you develop as an artist and as a creator. And by the time you get this finished product, you're like, well, I don't even write like that anymore. Like, and that's not that's not me, guys. Whatever. Like, <laughs> um, and that's how it was. Where like in the process of making this one cartoon, I had started and written like four other ones okay. uh yeah so <laughs> well i mean you know we've, we've been dancing around at this point but i think at this point we gotta get to the we gotta get to the main course we gotta get to the thing you've been cooking the longest at this point and that is oh, no. obviously set sail for candy now obviously like i said we, i've already been like teasing it or whatnot but <clears throat> for those who may have no clue what in the world we're even talking about how would you describe set sail for candy uh, set sail for candy is hmm I don't know if this answer is going to be super exciting or not but <laughs> set sail for candy is simply a fun cartoon that's all I wanted it to be um and it's if I had to give a premise example uh, it's it's just three dudes going around selling magic candy and getting into some like some nonsense along the way and, like that's their entire existence <laughs> and it's a very simple but catchy idea that's it, all it is. Yeah. I mean, not, it doesn't need to be some, like, intricate, you know, multi-layer. It's not like a multi-layer marketing scheme or whatnot, although I'm sure if you ask Captain, he's probably trying to make it be like that. But, <laughs> but like, it, it, it's a cool, fun, simple concept of just dude selling candy on, this, on the open seas. That's all we need. But, like, obviously, you know, it's obviously a little more than that. We'll definitely go into details. But before we really divulge into that, like, what exactly sparked this idea in the first place? What made you want to go down this rabbit hole and make this concept a reality? Let's see. So again, like a lot of this stuff happens like, like in my late teens where um, I, I think there was just a point where I was becoming like restless and I just sort of snapped and I was like, you know what? 
I'm just gonna sit down and make something. I'm just gonna. I, I want to make my own animated pilot and see how far I can get. Because if if I can do one, then I can make a career out of it. You know. Um, and that was my entire thought process. I I was kind of bored with what I was seeing on TV at the time, and I was like, I can just entertain myself. God damn it. Um. So so I did. <laughs> I mean. Entertain you certainly have, especially with again the the little bits that we've gotten out there or whatnot. Like, I, for those that are coming into this blindly or whatnot and not knowing anything about this or whatnot, uh, to be fair, I almost kind of was. Um, uh, but <laughs> but nevertheless, like it's really cool, like what you've already been able to present and just like more or less how fluid it already looks. Like this thing looks oh, thank like, you. really Wait. incredible. Like I can only imagine like the team you have behind this to really make this thing like truly look amazing more than anything else. Oh yeah, uh, I I was very very lucky um, to have the team that I did. Uh, they, we they they all work their asses off, um, and I I I can't give them enough praise and credit for like the stuff they were doing. Mm, I wanna I wanna show you more right now, but I can't. But like just from I I I, I gave you a little a little a little bit of a teaser um, in some of those trailers. Uh, I, there's like a really big shot and in like I think like the latest one at the very end um that that shot took like a year straight really? up it was yeah from start to finish because uh, we, we didn't have like the fastest production schedule ever but like we 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 just worked diligently at it um and that that particular artist um, his name is x-ray um well William Martinez and uh he he now works at uh, powerhouse over in Texas, like they make Castlevania oh, and uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, big boy shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of people on this, on this, uh, on this project, they have since gone on to like do other, like uh, powerhouse type stuff or powerhouse level stuff. I should say they're not all at powerhouse, but like they, some of them work in actual anime, like on on Black Clover. Some of them. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, like this. Some of them worked on One Punch Man season two, like like all of that stuff. It's uh, I, I I can at least say that this cartoon was a nice incubator for you know cultivating talent and having them go off and do their own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like not only like incubating that ta- talent, but especially like really. Uh... <clears throat> What's what I'm looking for? Really harvesting some of the influences that you're talking about. Because obviously, like, you talk about, like, they worked on this and that or whatnot. And then hearing them go off to some incredible animes. I just have to know, like, how much of an influence was anime on this project, if I may ask? Uh, quite, quite heavy. Um, if you, <laughs> okay, so the art style is roughly like a mix between Animal Crossing and Dragon Ball. Everything's very cutesy. All the characters look like, if, if you just saw them walk around Animal Crossing, you'd probably believe it. Um... There's, uh, you know, nice bright colors, but I wanted to do, I, I, this is kind of going back to Powerpuff. I wanted to sort of marry Western and Eastern sort of like tropes together mm-hmm. where, you know, the characters, they could, I guess today they could pass for like sort of, um, Western type characters, but like the like the comedy and like the timing and all of that stuff that's sort of like ripped straight out of like Powerpuff and Fairly Odd Parents. So that specific like very snappy um, rhythm to like how uh, Alina said you know setup punchline all that stuff. Uh, the story that's like all of that is like Western influence. How the characters sort of move and like um, emote that's a bit more of a, of a Japanese 
aesthetic, but I wanted to really tie it down with something that is definitely Western, and that's where um, the concept of line boiling comes from. Ooh, the super, the super hard thing that nobody does anymore because it actually kills you. Um, yeah. So if you've seen like Ed Ed and Eddie, that's what I'm talking about. Where like there's never really a frame where the character is standing still, even like when they're idle. Like you know their their lines are boiling, they're squiggly and all that stuff. I uh, that is the main aesthetic in Set Sail for Candy. Um, but then on top of that, there's like this sort of like sketchy like pencil line aesthetic like it, it like it looks rough but it looks like someone drew it you know um that was the the sort of point i wanted to make out of the aesthetic and then have like super high octane like action shots and like just just crazy shit going on um it's called sakuga if you didn't know what that term meant okay. um it, <laughs> yeah yeah it just that's just a, a fancy japanese word for like high quality animation um gotcha <laughs> mm-hmm. oh man there's or like that one shot you saw in the trailer is just just but a percentage of what's going on in here. Uh, oh, so it's, really? <laughs> it's 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 the, it's the shot that I was willing to let you see, not the one that is the big one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's a really good heavy hitter for a shot. If you're gonna show a, like a good action shot more than anything else, I, I mean, <laughs> it's it's like uh, like that's the thing I love when it comes to like at least the art style just off the bat, like. First off, it has like that initial charm to it that like you know like you were talking about kind of the marriaging of the 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 two styles of Eastern and Western and whatnot, and adding like the little details that you had like the sketch like it's a good charm to it. But then also like I said once again, how the action is able to like execute like the motions or whatnot like it's it's so like like I said once again it's so beautiful it's amazing how you've been able to 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 like put all these together and have them like marinate in this incredible like gorgeous aesthetic that i sincerely hope everyone gets the opportunity to see and like show love to more than anything else oh thank you thank you very much uh so yeah like it by no means was the aesthetic of sensei like easy to pull off because like it, it we could we could have just had it to where like okay the characters look like this and like you know like a standard movement we could i could have done that but i was like if i'm gonna be spending like all this time and resources on this thing i might as well make it look you know extra extra special uh this thing that you can only find on the internet um and it took a lot of trial and error at first to sort of like get this idea this aesthetic down pack but like once we once we hit it and i was like okay this is the bar to hit so we couldn't like (laughs) that it was the 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 trick was maintaining that consistency all the way through um and because if if you hit a certain level and like um of quality in anything um people get used to that and if you sort of dip, they're gonna they're gonna immediately like spring on that and be like, oh, that doesn't look as good. You know, th- th- that's just how the brain works. Um, and it's no fault against like a consumer; they can think that it's fine. Um, but you, as a creator, you never want to give them a chance to have that thought. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it certainly helps with just the entirety of all the like the entirety of the 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 animation it certainly helps that you've introduced three incredible characters that i absolutely love with their own little quirks and whatnot can you elaborate <laughs> on some of these inc- on these like just amazing characters which i gotta say personally i love just each and every single one that you've shown so far like obviously for different reasons but like let's talk about some of these cool characters that you've developed for for set sale all right so <laughs> the, the the main attraction would be kaiser he's like little he's the pink little rabbit raccoon thing i don't have a specific specified <laughs> like a uh, species form but uh for him the idea was i i wanted like a cute forefront mascot type character that you could if you saw him on a shirt it would make sense okay. um 
Yeah, yeah. And he's he's as straightforward as it gets. He's like he's pure and and mischievous. Like he's just like a child. But uh he's uh since he's proactive, you know, he he's proactive and shameless, basically. So it's <laughs> uh there's the, the like a lot of the problems in the cartoon come from him because he's very selfish, but he just kind of doesn't care. <laughs> but he's not a jerk about it. He's just I'm gonna do my own thing, and if you don't like it, well, you know, you can, you can live your own life. That's fine. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> and um, his his voice. Uh, that would be um, the the cartoon gamer. I don't know if you've seen his stuff. Like he he mainly uh, like does um, like video game and Pokemon type stuff on YouTube. But I was. I was so enthralled with his voice. I was like, I gotta have him. Hey, I gotta have him. <laughs> and uh, I, I think he has a great main character voice. That's that's. <laughs> and I mean, well, that's Kaiser. He's this. He's what you see is what you get. That's him. And then with um, then there's Da Vinci, who's a bit more complex. He's the the kid with the pink hair. Um, got a little bit of sass, a little sailor boy, as his voice actor likes to call him. Um, he. <laughs> If there's one character that is more reflective of me, that's probably him because he's very cynical. He's a little bit smug, um, and he's 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 very self-centered. That's that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, you had to have a self-insert in your own show. I see. <laughs> of, of course, yeah. Well, I I was fair. He doesn't ever win, so okay. I. <laughs> um, and then Captain is. Uh, he's unhinged like he's <laughs> all he cares about is money yep. and uh the pursuit of such and i wanted to explore like how not necessarily toxic but like how how crazy a man can get in that pursuit of money and that's just that's what he is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i can certainly see that especially with like the 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 little interaction i got from the first from or the second trailer i think it was like the second trailer mm. like hi hi how can we absolutely escape me? i mean how can we help you out today <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just, just that nice like upbeat cheery voice when you know uh, deep underneath they're just like a more cynical mr Krabs from spongebob more than anything else um, yeah exactly like i i when i was making that character i was like oh yeah, he kind of is like mr Krabs. so i sort of like heightened his um his zaniness so like you know to differentiate yeah i mean like you know obsession with money the big giant claw for a hand i mean you kind of <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah this is the claw okay i didn't actually catch that one. <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> And I, I also want to say, like, on top of obviously providing these incredible characters, you kind of teased it a little bit with also, like, the voice actors you got for it. With the cartoon gamer, I did a little research on him because I hadn't heard of him beforehand or whatnot. But I get what you're getting at with the the, the main character vibe. I can see why you made him Kaiser or whatnot. But let's also not short sell the, the voice you got for Captain Da Vinci, which, for those who don't know, is the legendary Purple Eyes WTF. Which, again, for people who don't know, is behind the legendary skit, Why are you buying clothes at the soup store? <laughs> <laughs> to this day he can't live that down dude. Like, <laughs> like, like I personally want to just talk to him on the podcast about like the legacy that that kind of evolved into because like I, I'll be honest with you when I saw Purple Eyes WTF for the cast I'm like okay let me look this guy up and the- wait no he was the one behind that I didn't realize yeah, yeah. that was him until I did my research but back to my original question like it how important was it for you to have these guys as the people voicing these characters? Because I mean, obviously, like you can prevent incredible, you can present incredible animation, but if the voice acting isn't there. Like no one's gonna buy on it, but buy it, buy into it. 
Yeah. Um, and in that sense, it was like imperative because I, I was kind of like, if, if I don't get like fun voices for these characters, like, like there's no point, you know? So I, I, and luckily, like it was a pretty stress free like casting process. Okay. Like, uh, like when I thought of Kaiser, the first person I thought, like all I really did was like look into my YouTube subscriptions. I was like, I want him and him and maybe him. And then like, uh, I, I, I went to like the cartoon gamer. His name's Malik, and like I shot him an email. I was like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, cool." And then that was it. There you go. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then kind of the same for um for Purple Eyes. Like his name's Nick, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And he was like, "Oh, this looks awesome." Yeah. And then, like from you know, I, there was there was no stress. Everybody was on board from the start. And I was like, "Oh, that was easier than that was way easier than I thought." <laughs> They're human, just like me. I can talk to them. Like, so, it, and it's, okay, it's crazy because, you know, I mean, they have, like, pretty big channels, but even, like, back then, they weren't as big as, you know, they kind of are now, but even then, I'm, like, freaking out, like, will they, will they want to talk to, like, some little insect like me? And they're like, hey, what's going on? Like, it's, it's, it's so casual. I'll say, Julian, as someone that does that basically on a weekly basis when talking to incredible artists that do incredible stuff on a weekly basis or whatnot. <laughs> I get that emotion every single time someone agrees to come to this podcast every single time. So trust me, I completely believe where you're I understand where you're coming from when you say, Oh my God, I actually got these guys on here. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. Doesn't it? It always feels good when that happens. Like, Oh, there's no way. <laughs> and, and, and then you get an opportunity to like talk to them and like collaborate on this cool, incredible concept, and it just makes it infinitely better more than anything else. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and like especially like what you've already been able to present so far, like with the the cool, like the fun, like just this project just as a whole just looks like fun from like it, it looks like it's going to be fun from start to finish more than anything else. Like I can only imagine again, you've already, you've only been able to tease a little bit. You don't want to give away everything. And I know you want mm-hmm. to show me more and trust me, if you want to do it privately, I'd love to see more. I'd love to see everything I can get, but. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like how, like, when it comes to like this, the what you want to present, like how important is it for you to just tell this story in the first place? How important is it for you to go forth and get this thing done and showcase it to the world, let the people just enjoy it? Uh, you know, I've, I've struggled with that answer for a couple of years. Like, is it really that important? But then, like at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, it actually kind of is. Uh, so again, like I, I sort of said in the, in the beginning, where like I sort of. I approach art from like a fun and practical stance. Mm-hmm. So there's always like, you know, two sides of this coin with art for me. Um, and I wanted like, as time goes on, like the, the more like I put into this project, like the more that I have to get it done, because if, if I don't, then, you know, you're, you, you're, you just, you're just a loser. You're just a quitter. <laughs> you're, you're a corpless loser, Deku. And you, you can't, you can't be like that. And you, you have to see something through to the, to the very end. And, so I, it's now it's more of like a, I almost don't care what the world has to say about it. It's just, it's, it's fucking personal. I just want to get it done. No, that's, that's valuable. I mean, I can only imagine, especially like, you know, I kind of teased this before it really got started or I kind of mentioned this before we got started, but like, you know, before even showcasing any of this stuff, you've kept a relatively like low profile when it comes to like your online presence, when it comes to, to art and stuff like that. I'm not saying that you just came out of nowhere and just decided that, you know, Oh, I'm just going to do art or whatnot. But like you've, you've been, you've been smart 
with like keeping a low profile and kind of letting people's expectations build more or less. But like, obviously like this is going to be like your first like big step. This is going to be your first impression for a lot of people. Like Mm -hmm. I can only imagine like how excited, but also how nervous you are to like showcase this and let people see it and consume it and hopefully fall in love with it as much as I have with the little bits I have been seeing. Oh, thank you. The the pressure's on, right? Because like it's, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on like the sort of state things are or like, okay. I'm I, when, when I first started this project, uh, I was sort of like assessing this, the sort of online animation scene and back in the year, like, let's, let's take it back. Like, uh, like almost eight years ago now. Uh, that's when I, like, that's when I, when I was first starting to like put things together and like I had the idea to make this thing you know the the online animation scene at the time it was pretty sparse like there really wasn't anything of note besides like a few a few like specific animators like you know there's always Eagle Raptor mm-hmm. and there was um he was he was doing like a lot of stuff with his Game Grumps animations where he was just pooling in all of these different talented animators to essentially animate over clips of Game Grumps and there was a lot of like unique things going on in that space, but I'm still like, that's still just like, you know, a little minute of like, a little burst of adrenaline. It's like right. a minute and 45 seconds of like this really cool thing um, from this audio of a let's play. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's that's cool for like the internet to like consume on the toilet, you know, that's fine. Right. Um, and there, but there really wasn't anything like super of note at the time. And I, I think at the time um, has been, was just getting off the rails. Uh, they were, they were, and I, I was making this thing in tangent while that thing was coming out. And I'm like, oh, so at the time, it was really just has been, and at least in my world, it was me, and then there was has been, and then that came out, and then from there, I started to notice, oh, there's actually like a lot more shit going on. There's other people right. doing their own thing. Um, but th- that that was um, the revelation I was having as I was making this thing. When I first started to make it, I kind of noticed there was no s- space um, occupying what what I was going for with Set Sail, where it, it is a cartoon that you could see on TV, but it happens to be on the internet. It is of that sort of quality, and I just wanted to set out and do that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm certainly ready to to see this thing, you know, set sail and let the internet just absolutely like consume it. Like I have to know, like for you, especially at this point with how much you've poured into just this project alone, not even the other ones you got, in, you know, in development or whatnot, but like with set sail alone, what should the people expect from it? Uh, all I want people to expect from this cartoon is just to have a fun time. I want you to sit down for, what is this? 14 minutes and okay. just, yeah, and just have a blast with what you're seeing. Um, have you know how the characters interact, all of that stuff. It's a complete package. It's I want you to look at this cartoon as you would when, like you know, if you were seven years old watching Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, and like you sit down and like you can just expect to have a good time for 11 minutes, and then you go about your day. That's all I want for this cartoon. There's there's no sort of grandiose thing out of it. <laughs> okay, you know what? Fair enough. Just at the end of the day, just hoping that the people like enjoy a little extra fun in their life at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, that's, that's a good expectation more than anything else. I'm <laughs> like, I, I, I have to also just, as I said, curiosity, without obviously spoiling anything, is there a particular thing in this episode or in this little pilot that you're excited for people to see? 
Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, it is. It's it's essentially the climax for the cartoon. It okay. is like this super crazy long action sequence that just doesn't stop. It like it, once it starts, it goes off the fucking rails and. By the end, like you, you might need to catch your breath. Some, just something like that, because like it, it's, I, I, I designed that action sequence to. By the end, you just, you, like at some point in it, you go, oh damn, like you know, like it's you didn't expect this out of like a little stupid internet cartoon. Um, that's the that's that's the, the part that I want people to see. Um, and if if that shot from the trailer is any precursor, like again, that's the shot that like I want you to see right now, just to give you a little taste, so uh, you can imagine what other things are happening in this cartoon <laughs> you just got you just have to send me just like an out of context like still from that and i can just place it like right here in the video version <laughs> out of context like people will see that moment and when they watch the the pilot and, and they'd they be like i remember that I remember, it'd be like the the leonardo da vinci meme was like i saw that i saw that <laughs> <laughs> exclusive podcast leaks here yeah, exactly. saw it first. <laughs> <laughs> like it Again, like the, I, I was already amped for this just from the like the first taste I got from that like the the candy clip that you're talking about like the la- latest teaser that has that like action sequence or whatnot. I was already amped for it just getting the chance to even just hear more about it and knowing there's more to come. Like Jesus Christ, Julian, what are you trying to make me do? Do, I, do you need my entire wallet? Do you need my bank account? Just take <laughs> everything. Take take my car. Take my. <laughs> I'm joking. Like it's incredible, and I'm already like just amped to see what's next more than anything else oh thank you very much like i I don't want your money i just want your attention (laughs) okay well you have my full undivided attention thank you very much (laughs) and like obviously like you said you know like as as cool as this first set sale to finally be released into the world i imagine that's not obviously like the ultimate angle like i said you got a few other ones brewing or whatnot would you be willing to tease any of them at this point of a potential next thing for Julian after set sale? All right. Uh, this answer might be disappointing, but like, okay. So, uh, <laughs> I, I can't really talk about anything else that I'm doing okay. right now. Well, if, um, I know that's, I know that's like dissatisfactory, but okay. I'll just, I'll just say that like, uh, what I want to do after this, like, like YouTube was not like the end goal for me. Okay. It was merely like just like a tool to get to where I want to go. Like what I ultimately want to do is like work in like television animation and okay. like produce, produce things like sale at a much more consistent rate. Okay. Um, and through the process of making this cartoon, this little pilot, um, which is like a showcase of like, you know, skill and writing, not just from me, but from like a lot of other people and things like that. Like it has afforded me the opportunities to like kind of put that in motion. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, I, before this cartoon even came out, before I even like put this thing on YouTube, like I already caught the attention of like, um, of a network or two. Okay. Um, so, so, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that set sale is going to pop up on your TV like, whoa, this thing is on, on your TV. No, no, I'm not saying that. Although, you never know. But I'm just saying that, like, like now I'm I'm getting to where I want to be in 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 a in a career sense. Mm-hmm. And it was thanks to this cartoon and all the hard work everybody did that allowed me to do that. So if, if OK. Next goal is to be on TV. I'll just say that. Okay. You know, no, I I would say I completely understand. It's not like, obviously, like you're saying, YouTube is not the end all be all end goal to whatnot. It was more or less 
a stepping stone. It's one of those something that you could definitely look back and be proud of whenever you showcase this to the world and have people fall in love with it. But hopefully, it is like I said, a step towards the right direction of your ultimate end goal of being a true blue like showrunner, like producing mm-hmm. stuff that a wider audience can get a hold of and consume and fall in love with. Just as the internet audience is slowly but surely going to be falling in love with Set Sail. That's the that's the idea. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, there's no shame in that. Trust me, I completely understand. And honestly, like I, yeah, I've already, you know, I, I'm sure you can probably tell I'm already a big fan of what you're doing, and I certainly hope you get to that point more than anything else. Thank you very much. No problem. But you know what? For this next question, if I may, Julian, how about we mm. go a little bit above and beyond, if I may, and give you more or less the dream scenario? Let's say I give you that opportunity more than anything else. Let's say I am. Big shot, Mr. Moneybags. I come to you oh, like, shit. yeah, I come to you like, look, Julian, we know you got some good stuff cooking. We, we, we've seen the little bits here and there. We, we know there can be more. We, we know that there's something there. We, you just need a little extra, little platform, a little extra push. Just to really get you over that, that hump more than anything else. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible and more money than there should be possible. We could probably make sure that all those writers are compensated, but we'll take care of that in a second. Right now we're focusing <laughs> on you and you alone. If given this opportunity, what would be the dream Julian Parrish project? Uh, you don't know what you're doing to me here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's see. I had a dream, a dream project, you said. Well, right now, I'm really big into, like, writing, like, serialized, like, sto- like stories that, like, just span, like, forever. Okay. Like, not like I any, mean, like, Set Sail is, like, episodic. It's like, you know, they can have, like, whatever. They can, they can go whatever random adventure you that you put them in and you know it'll work um i want to make like a large sprawling story that spans like seasons series years like all of that stuff um it's it's essentially um as i've noticed uh in in re-watching the entire sort of like mcu like uh catalog they were kind of doing that you know with phase one two and three and 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 such they were they were kind of doing what i wanted to do but on a crazy large scale you know it's it's fucking marvel and disney um like i i want to do something just closer in line with like like a dragon ball or a hunter hunter where like you know you like a show that has arcs Mm -hmm. and within those arcs there are like you know crazy character interactions and things like that i want to do that but like for western audiences because in animation we're not really prepped and primed for that as much as I want. Like we we have things like Avatar and Venture Brothers and I, I love Venture Brothers to death and uh, they sort of fell into um, what I like where like they, they all of a sudden started making like this giant sprawling world and interconnecting characters and I love, I love Venture Brothers for that and that's what I would want. If I had access to like unlimited or at least a, a very generous amount of like studio funds uh, the talent that I want, uh, man, I would be having like Japanese studios drawing this shit. I would have like all all of the voice actors that I want who are alive or dead to come work <laughs> on this thing. Um, and I could just sit in my room and write out these ideas and shoot them down the pipeline, and they'll just be made in like a year. And I would that would be great. There you go. <laughs> Hey, it's not a bad goal to aspire for more than anything else. Just having that like creative freedom to, to tell the story you want to the fullest. I think that's what any artist would truly want at the end of the day, right? <laughs> yeah, like I I think the one the one person who's kind of in that position now, um, 
is uh I I always I, I can never get his name right. Like um uh Gindy Tartakovsky? Yep. Gindy uh, Tartakovsky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think Yeah, yeah, like I I said his name so meekly cuz I'm like I don't want to mess it up. But um but like I I mean I I've been watching his stuff. He's been babysitting me since I was like 12, you know. Yeah. Dexter, yep. Samurai, you know, he was the other half of Powerpuff, all of that stuff. And then when kind of when it clicked in my head that like he was that guy it was when like samurai jack came back like years later and he got he got to conclude that story and i'm like wow you can you can do that on american tv that <laughs> no way and i was like okay i sort of want to work to get to like his position where he's at this point in his career where he can kind of just pitch a show and it'll get made quote unquote like just there's some magic it'll that'll happen and he he's at a point where he can just pitch whatever idea he wants and there's a high chance that like it'll come to fruition um he he recently you know he made unicorn uh warriors eternal mm-hmm. um and that's that's an example of like that that's that show is like very like weird and out there but like you know there's clearly like thought put into it like uh you can tell that like gindy made that show but like it's it's not it's not the show that i think he would like pitch first like I think that's the show that like a- after you have like a good twenty years under your belt, yep. you can pitch that, and then networks are like, okay, yeah, like you know, y- y- you're you, you're Gindy, so we we trust you to make the show. Here, have at it. Like <laughs> I think Dexter was an easier sell back when he was like a young kid versus now. The if, if um, <laughs> which is crazy because like the way that like unicorn plays out and like the story and like the tone and vibe that's definitely a show that you would see like on 2004 era cartoon network oh yeah but like it but now it's you know 2023 adult swim uh <laughs> shows you how how far we've gone <laughs> i i mean obviously like that's probably the best case example of it these days or whatnot like having 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 the gendy legacy like with your stuff and the stuff you're 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 cooking at this point no i could absolutely see that being the being the rea- being the the future that you'd love to see, but sadly we gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality, and I'll ask the ever so generic question: Where do you hope to see yourself, say five to ten years from now? Ah, reality is often disappointing, isn't it? Oh, actually, and uh, <laughs> oh man, five years—you're you're killing me here. Uh, well, like, okay, in five years, I kind of hope to like be in the starting stages of like of where I want to be like I kind of want to be making TV shows within five years honestly mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of that's kind of it uh, I, I mean I guess I hope in five years like set sale is like a thing that like is still holding up in people's memory like oh yeah that thing or like people go back and watch it and, and like it just becomes like this sort of like staple for people within within the space of like on, online cartoons so that like oh people would like you know say that in reference as a good thing you know, like, like remember that shitty set sale cartoon? You want to, you know, like, no, uh, no, let's let's not have that. You know, <laughs> as long as people are like, because because as a creator, like, you you kind of can't hope to like have everybody love you. That's 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 that's, that's impractical and like not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, but if you make a thing, like you you pour your like your blood, sweat, and tears into it, and uh, it comes out, and then like. If if the best you can get like after like a decade is like oh remember that show oh I remember that show that was pretty cool and then they go about their day like that's to me that's like 
one of the greatest things ever. Like whenever like I talk to like people who aren't within like animation and cartoons who are <laughs> fucking normies. Whenever I t- <laughs> whenever I t- talk to the like you know those types, right. and we have like conversations about you know cartoons, and like they'd be like, oh yeah, I used to watch that when I was a kid. I really love that show, and I'm like, oh that's so pr- that's that's so cool that like someone like you can just remember that fondly and like that's and even if that's all you have to say about it like i don't think they kind of understand what, like what that means to like artists like you know like you still remember it after 20 years like we're still like in your head rent free that's great exactly i mean at the very at the very least i'm sure people will definitely remember this fondly in the long run especially whenever you get hopefully the opportunity at least five years from now to 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 go forth with that dream more than anything else i hope i hope dream and reality finds that fun little middle ground and make it that like it a reality you get what i'm getting at <laughs> yeah as we start to wind down the interview i just have one last question i want to ask you julian obviously Shoot. you deeply entrenched yourself in art and animation for ages now like not just like how amazing the art is but also like kind of the science behind it and like how to truly make this thing like just incredible on all fronts how important is art not just for you but for the world as a whole um, and it, I'll be speaking as an artist, so I might sound a little bit biased, but, um, but, but art is like super important on like to the, to the world as a whole, because like it's our gateway into like the, the human psyche. And like, if, if I could get really philosophical for a second and, um, like it's, it's art is a reflection like of life and of people and things like that. And it's, just, it's, it's sort of like this sort of like time capsule, like the art from like 30 years ago. It, it gives you like a peek into like what people were thinking, the radical ideas of the time. And like it art, you know, pushes people forward. It's a conversation like without art, like we are kind of just like lifeless husks waiting to die. It's like you, like you, you need art and like you need people to be doing this type of shit. Um, no matter how weird or like uh, unconventional they are, like those are like the types of people that are willing to like, you know, tell these stories and like reflect life as it is it's yeah art's super important it informs us and it informs like the next generation like people watching you know tv and consuming media now um they will some of them are going to grow up to like make their own media mm-hmm. and they're going to take what they, they learn you know in these formative years of their lives and whether they know it or not they're going to put that into their own work and that'll that'll inform how like you know people think it's like when when you when you're making media like especially like cartoons like or these things for children um that like generally like the audience is uh it skews younger you you kind of have whether you want to accept it or not like you kind of have a responsibility uh to make something that like will impact them in a positive way oh there you go there you go that is wonderfully worded if i do say so myself <laughs> that is all the questions I have for you, Julian. I've already showered you with Lord knows how much praise at this point, but I want to share you a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do whatever the fuck I want. Um, <gasps> so look, Julian, like I said, when I first caught wind of set sail for candy, I was instantly hooked line and sinker, like all the way through just looking at how amazing like it looked and like just how much of a fun experience it just seemed to be or whatnot. I knew at some point I had to bring you on the podcast to just talk about this because like it has me like curious, especially like, like I said before, when I was doing the research and saw that like, this is more or less like your first opportunity to showcase to people, just how cool, incredible of a concept and how creative you can be as an artist, uh, showcasing this stuff to the world and providing like just, just, 
something that's incredible at the end of the day. Like, I'm genuinely excited to see what more comes out with, like, set sail for candy, but also, like, what more you get to develop. Especially, you know, after today, getting the opportunity to talk with you, getting to truly know, like, just how much you've really invested into this stuff, how much research you put into this kind of stuff, how much creativity you want to let flow through this stuff more than anything else. Like, I... I have a wholly different level of love and respect for what you're doing, and I sincerely hope you get the opportunity to showcase that, both with Set Sail for Candy and everything else you do afterwards. Uh, the, the long and short of it is, Julian, thank you so much for putting yourself out there. Thank you so much for providing something incredible, and I sincerely hope that I am one of the few now, but one of many at some point in the, in the near future that gets to root for whatever you get to do and get to consume everything that you're going to be producing day in and day out. Thank you very much, postmod art pod. Like it's it's, I mean, it's it's crazy because like this is this is uh, generally like the first time like the world at large has is becoming exposed to this. Mm -hmm. So like like to hear like to, to hear you say that on camera, it feels really great. <laughs> like it, I mean, like it's it it lets me know that like the path that I'm going down is um, the correct one. It, you know, it's it's I have I have no regrets going down this path, and like if I can. I can make you smile for like 14 minutes. You know, that's, that's all I, that's all I want out of you, man. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad I got the results from you. Even, even that this thing isn't even out yet. Yeah. It's, you know, feels good. Feels good, man. I feel like it's going to be more than 14 minutes. Cause I'm going to at least re like replay this pilot at least a good couple of times. I feel like, I feel, <laughs> I, cause I feel like there's gotta be some incredible stuff, especially with just all the stuff that you're teasing and all the people that are involved with it or whatnot. Like sincerely, like, I am being 100% honest when I say I am. This is probably one of, if not the most excited pilot that I'm excited to see at this point. Like, genuinely. Thank, thank you so much. Like, we, we, I aimed it. I aimed for it to be that way. I, I didn't want it to be like, you know, a piece of shit. So I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to do it right. I had to come correct. Yeah. Which also leads me to one other question that I forgot to ask sooner. You know, again, we've been talking, Go on. we've been obviously talking about this. You know, obviously you're really hard at work at doing this. You keep saying that this thing is coming soon. How soon? Uh, let's see. Well, as soon as we get it done. Oh, like okay, look, like I, I, I say that, but like it's it's actually like really close. Um, that's why like in the trailers I don't put like any exact date. Um, right, right. but it just says soon. But like. I'm aiming for like, like summer. Okay. You no, know, it's okay. <laughs> Some, summer 2023. You know what? At, at at the very least, that's all we could hope for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for understanding. It, no. You know, animation takes a little bit of time. I, I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> no, me working on a pilot with my co-producer of the podcast, Tiffany J. Hearts. You know, just getting <gasps> to the beginning process of it or whatnot. Nah, the animation takes like what three days max or something like that. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I I wish you the the most of luck on that endeavor. Uh, it it'll it'll be fun. Oh yeah. It'll be it'll be crushing. It'll be tough, but it'll be rewarding. So I, mean, I we're, <laughs> we're already like. I'll go ahead and say this. We're already pretty good within at least like the pre-production process of it. Like we got the pilot written out. Um, mm -hmm. We've got uh, people that have done like storyboards for it and the storyboards look amazing. We've got character designs down and such. Uh, we, nice. We recently did a live stream a couple weeks back to where we were able to raise a thousand dollars to help fund for, to get some more people on and that oh, shit. reality or whatnot. Thank you to everyone that donated to that live stream, by the way, I cannot thank you guys enough for helping us out make this a reality. So yeah, we're, we're, we're getting the we're getting the gears you know turning we're getting the the wheels rolling we're we're getting this thing slowly but surely going 
Nice. Um, do, if if I if I may interview, I'm asking the questions now. Okay. Like, um, uh, how how long is this uh, pilot? What are you what are you planning the length of it for it to be? I, I think at this point, with how many pages that we wrote or whatnot, we're playing somewhere between I think like twelve to fifteen minutes, depending on how much animation mm. we want to put into that final sequence. Because like how you have this like incredible action sequence or whatnot, we have an, an incredible sequence of our own towards the the tail end that i am genuinely proud of with how i wrote it um Ooh. like given the like the description of it more than anything else like it, it, it's 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 going to be absolutely stunning especially the artists that we are going to be able to get on this project or whatnot i feel like whoever we bring on oh it's going to be absolutely gorgeous um so yeah i'd say roughly like you know anywhere between the 12 to 15 minute mark yeah that's that's like the perfect little sweet spot to hit you know <laughs> I wait for us to introduce some of the characters, you know, introduce some of the concepts or whatnot, but also like not give away everything within the first episode. So hopefully people can keep coming back for more. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the perfect sort of get in, do your thing, get out type of lamp. It's yeah, I mean, look, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why it's so easy to talk to you about a pilot because you're already doing it. So like, you yeah. understand. <laughs> Well, also, like, it's not just with you. Again, with how many people I've brought on this pro this podcast doing all sorts of indie animated projects and how many pilots that they've done, like, I kind of get how people are, like, you know, I, how the process is working for different people and how, you know, the process is, is coming along at certain points or whatnot. So, like, mm -hmm. I, 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 at least in my minimal exposure to this processes or whatnot, I get it. I get where people are coming from and I understand how long or how short it may take for people to truly get this thing off the ground. Yeah, like, and and part of that is like the sort of sort of crazy beauty of like making like indie stuff where like you are your own boss and um, ultimately like you are the one that like decides if this thing is going to be made or not. Like it's like you know through sh sort of sheer willpower. Yeah. Like you have to like will this thing into like life. Like it's like a little baby and you have to you have to birth it. Yeah. Um, and I whenever like I do see like indie like projects come out i can always like empathize like man that must have taken you forever <laughs> like <laughs> i can i get it dude <laughs> I, I, trust me i i can already tell and i can already imagine so if people do want to see kind of the fruits of that labor the the willpower that you've put into this kind of stuff especially when this drops and maybe what you do afterwards go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home uh Hmm. Well, my name is Julian Parrish. Uh, you can find me at Julian V. Parrish on YouTube, and you can find me at, uh, uh, just Julian on uh, Twitter, and that's about it. <laughs> there you go. And if for some reason there's any like hidden link out there, which I don't think there is at this point, but if there's anything that you're missing, I'll go ahead and put that in the description below. But I feel like those are the only two major links I need to be concerned about. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just those. There you go. There you go. Uh, do you have any final words before we sign off?
thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, I greatly do appreciate you getting up to this point. Um, <laughs> uh, like I said in the intro, and like I said throughout the entire episode, uh, the instant I saw Julian's stuff, I knew I had to have him on the podcast. And the conversation we had was exactly what I was hoping for. It, it's it's really cool what he had to bring to the table for this conversation more than anything else. Um, Julian, if you've gotten up to this point, Thank you so much, sincerely. Again, like, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this. Um, you know, like, listening to that conversation, like, it, it truly, like, opened my eyes more than anything else to, like, what's what's really, like, what really goes into a pilot like that. You know, the fact that Julian had take has, has taken the time and effort to look through, like, every little step of this process to make sure that he could push forth the best pilot possible... It's really genius more than anything else. And um, <clears throat> between you and me, a.k.a. the entire audience here and whatnot, that has stuck it up to this point, which, once again, thank you if you've gotten to this point, um, <laughs> Julian showed me more or less a work in progress of Set Sail for Candy. Oh, you guys are not ready for what he's going to bring to the table. Oh, my God. What he showed was fucking incredible. Absolutely amazing. Like, you guys are not ready for this. It like seriously, there was some incredible stuff. I can definitely see the time and effort and love that he put into this, and you guys are gonna love it. Like straight up, you guys are going to love set sail for candy. But going back to my original point before I went off on that tangent, um, like the fact that Julian has been really smart about how he's been presenting his stuff, the fact that he waited until there was a more coherent thing to present, um, the fact that you know he. The fact that he's looked at just about every single aspect of what makes something successful, that's smart. That's incredible to know that there are people out there like Julian that are taking the time and effort to really, like, make something like this a reality. That are, are taking the steps to ensure that this becomes a reality rather than just presenting something out there and hoping it works out for the best. You know, I, I've said it a couple times on this podcast, you know, me and Tipsy, the person that helps me out with this podcast... We're, we're making, uh, we're trying to get the evil little thing going. And honestly, the conversation I had with Julian today, I, I'm going to be taking some of that stuff to heart. I sincerely want to, I want our pilot to succeed. I want Julian's stuff to succeed. I want all my artists to succeed. So if you get nothing else from this conversation, listen to what Julian has said. Like, it's clear that he has definitely taken the time and effort to go over this stuff and, it's honestly like one of the more intelligent conversations when it comes to animation that I've had on this podcast. Um, that's why I, I'm being serious. I hope you guys take Julian's word to heart and apply it to your own stuff. Like seriously, like you guys are doing all sorts of incredible stuff, but like you guys also need to make sure you take the time and effort to really make it, make your projects to the fullest potential it can and present it in a way that you know it's going to succeed. Because I want you guys to succeed more than anything else. That That's all we can hope for at the end of the day. Just for us to really rise up and make those make those things a reality. You know I'm going to be rooting for you no matter what. So keep up the incredible work. Do the research. Uh, and just do incredible stuff. 